0: You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. Hey, friends. Um, Like Rachel said, my name is Bethany, and I'm going to be talking to you all about how I feel and see God moving us um, from the beauty of community into the larger beauty of His communion. In this season after Advent, we've been celebrating the newness and the refreshment that comes with new birth, including all of the ups and downs that come with that newness. Um, so to introduce you to introduce you to myself, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. Um, so, I've been a part of our Circle of Hope community for about six years now. I've been a part of a cell. If you're not familiar with cells, cells are, are um, smaller meetings than this that we have in different places, in different spaces throughout the city in South Jersey, where we meet and get to know each other better and get to know Jesus better because of it. Um, I'm also a cell leader and I lead our compassion team, Circle Mobilizing Because Black Lives Matter. I'm also a part of a few other related and um, yet outside organizations such as Black Lives Matter Philly, um, the the Participatory Defense Hub Network, um, which is an initiative that came to Philadelphia from San Jose in which people attend um, weekly community meetings to help them navigate their criminal court cases. And I'm also a part of the Philadelphia Community Bail Fund, which is a grassroots organization that helps people that are incarcerated pre-trial, simply because they can't afford their bail, we pay their bail, and that's predominantly black and brown impoverished folks. Um, So I say all of that to introduce myself to you, but not to make you think that I'm some like super politically active, woke person that's super cool and amazing. What I'm really trying to illustrate, <laughs> even though it would be cool if you guys thought that about me, um, I say all that to illustrate that I'm a community meeting person. I stay really involved in a lot of different things because I like being involved in a lot of different communities. I love being in community with other people. If you have a community, I most likely want to be a part of it. Um, To give you all some examples of all the times that I've tried to get community, I'm going to read you a list of it. Um, I've been a Brownie-level Girl Scout before. Um, That didn't last very long at all, but I saw Girl Scouts on television and thought that I wanted that type of community. Um, I went to tennis camp because my sister and I felt like we could be a little bit of Venus and Serena-esque in the early 2000s. And we wanted to be in community with other Philadelphia children uh, that were also aspiring to be a little Venus and Serena-esque in the early 2000s that lasted about two summers. And most recently, over the summer of 2019, I was diagnosed with a birth defect called hip dysplasia, um, and it makes my hip give out and gives me a lot of pain. Um, But within an hour of that diagnosis, I thought, ooh, I need to join a Facebook group and I did. Um, I can also remember when my sister and I were young teenagers, she was invited on a retreat known as chrysalis in the Methodist community. Um, The retreat was for high school-aged girls, and it was a little problematic. Um, And as an eighth grader, I couldn't go. I was so upset the entire weekend that she was gone. I sulked around the house with my parents all weekend long. The next year, when I entered into high school, into ninth grade, I went and ended up hating it. They called my mom, I think by that night, or maybe even as soon as I got off the bus, and they were like, she won't stop crying should we send her home. And my mom was like, no, keep her. Um, But it was community, and I thought that I wanted that community too. And lastly, one of my really good friends, has an amazing online Facebook support community group for millennial mothers. That's the chrysalis for Del Marva, And this is Millennial Mothers. Um, my friend has an online community support group for millennial mothers called Millennial Mothers. And I once convinced her to just add me to the group for one day. <laughs> I don't have any children. But I just wanted to be in the group for one day because I really like community. I need it. If you have some community, I'm going to ask you to give me a heaping helping of it. Now, I'm not exactly special in that desire for community. My execution may be a bit absurd, but that yearning for community really isn't unique to me. We all need community. We're all drawn to being a part of something in which we are seen, we are known, and we are accepted. I oftentimes hear people say when they're frustrated, that they don't like people, or that they just want to be left alone. And usually I let people say that because that really represents something that they're feeling in that moment. And I think it's good to feel our feelings and express it when we have them. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, stop lying to yourself. You're upset right now. Everyone needs people. You may not want to be bothered with people who don't quite get you, or maybe people who you don't really click with, but we all want to belong and we all need people. But I think one of the bigger questions to ask is why? Why do we all so deeply feel this need to belong and have community? And I think the answer is pretty simple. It's instinctual to our nature. We need it just as much as we need food, as much as we need water and rest. It is belonging and community that helps us see the real beauty of the world through other people's experiences. (coughs) It's belonging and community that helps us recognize that we're not alone in our own suffering. It is belonging and it is community that helps us more fully get to see ourselves. We are most known by the people that we form community with and thus the deeper into community that you go with others, the more opportunity you have to go deeper with yourself. Personally, some of my heartiest laughs and my deepest pains have been experienced with those that I have formed community with. It is in, it is within community that new life is formed and revealed amongst each other that you're in community with. And within this new life that is revealed, love is also experienced in that community. In seeking community, we're also fulfilling that very deep desire that rests in all of us to be and experience love. But this longing for love, for belonging, and for community can lead us into places that are also quite dangerous. Um, One of my guiltiest pleasures is learning about cults. And it probably sounds really weird to talk about a cult in a sermon, but this is me being in community with you guys. I'm sharing something about me. I love cults. I love learning about cults. I love like cult leaders and seeing how they did what they did, even the weird clothes that they wear, like white sketchers. Um, I just find it super interesting to learn about a cult. But what most fascinates me about cults is how people get sucked into it. Um, I had a friend that one time um, was teasing me and talking about cults, and um, as we were having the discussion, she kind of put me on to this podcast entitled Cults, um, and one of the most interesting cults that I learned about was Jim Jones in the People's Temple. Um, did y'all know him personally or something? Like, <laughs> There was a lot of murmurs in the back, like, oh, old old Uncle Jim. Uh. Um, There have been lots of documentaries. Um, I I have too. I binge watched a documentary about the Branch Davidians. Um, Anyways, that's not where I'm trying to go. so I I won't go into too many details. Obviously, by the response, you guys know the details pretty well. Um, but I won't go too deep into talking about Jim Jones. But one thing that has come from um, his followers and his existence is this phrase, don't drink the Kool-Aid, which means, and I'm sure you all have heard that, which essentially means don't just blindly uh, be led into something or believe something, Um And that comes from uh, Jim Jones and his followers. Jim Jones, who was a charismatic preacher and the first person to do a transracial adoption, um, I believe in Indiana. Josh, do you know? Okay, Josh usually knows everything. So that's why I looked at him immediately. Um, And uh, was once a follower of Father Divine. Um, He was the founder of a cult as well. And they ended up buying the Divine Lorraine Hotel in Philadelphia. Um, but anyways, Jim Jones convinced all of his followers to drink a poisonous concoction of Kool-Aid that ended up killing, um, I think it was 909 followers that he had. And when I got to that point in the podcast episode, I caught myself weeping at my work desk um, because it just struck me that these people formed a community hoping to feel deeply loved by God. And they were willing to blindly follow someone and die in order to feel that love. Um, There are also lots of problematic internet communities forming such as, this is Jim Jones. I'm late with my clicker today. There are also um, problematic internet communities that are forming like the incel movement um, that was formed in the late 90s and early 2000s. And it's a group of men who feel entitled to women and women's bodies, yet struggle in their romantic lives and struggle to find partners. They utilize this online forum to go far beyond just discussing their dating problems, because we all do that. I did that before I got here. But rather to spew hate and violence against women. Some even use this forum to strategize harmful attacks against women. So I'm pointing these more sinister communities out not to make you feel uncomfortable in this talk, but rather to emphasize my point that everyone is deeply longing to belong and to have community. And that desire is so deep within us that without a radical desire to be transformed by the love of Jesus can lead us into manifesting and harboring into the darkest regions of ourselves. It is the radical love of Christ shared within community that brings forth the new life that I mentioned earlier. We, our bodies, our lives, our minds, our communities, are made new through Jesus's deep love. To even go a step further, it is through Jesus's radical love that our desires for community, for belonging to be known, is transformed. Kinda like a caterpillar is transformed into a butterfly. Also, did you guys know that the chrysalis process is kind of painful for a butterfly? I never knew that until recently. And I think that's like a really, um, it's a really kind of poignant example of what transformation can be for all of us. It's not necessarily smooth and easy, um, but transformation is revealing the new life in Jesus Christ that we have with each other. Um, our longing for that opens us up to the opportunity to meet Jesus through and in our communities. And it even opens us up to invite Jesus into any of our communities as Jesus followers, even communities that aren't necessarily Jesus-centered. We've been focusing on 2 Corinthians 5, verses 11 through 21 through this season. Um, but I particularly um, have had verses 14 through 21 resonate with me. Um, So for that reason, you can read it up here, and I'm going to read it aloud to you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. I particularly love these verses because they are a direct command for the transformation that Jesus's death and resurrection affords us. Jesus's death and resurrection was in itself a transformation, a transformation of his life and notice to us to die and be transformed right alongside him. This death and transformation is what grounds us as a community and as a circle of hope. His death and his transformation even operates as a sort of passageway for our community to be elevated into communion in God. A community not just about our hobbies, current fads, or trending topics, but an elevated level of community in which Christ's love and power is weaving us together and creating new life in us something that somebody that Allie pointed out in their earlier service is that communion is this opportunity for radical inclusivity that includes everybody. That radical inclusivity is what takes us beyond just being a community that maybe really likes fantasy football or a community that was really focused on this one thing, but has an opportunity to open up um, ourselves to other people. Um, it is Christ that does that, and Christ alone. It is his transformative life and new creation that leads us into communion. Communion is what we are seeking and doing here at Circle. And that communion always has these few things that I'm going to list below. There are other things that are a part of being in a broader communion, but I think these three things that I'm going to give you um, are three of the really important things that uh, need to be a part of a broader communion. And I'm also going to talk to you about how they show up at circle. So one of the first things is that um, a communion is circled, is centered on Jesus. And that shows up in ourselves, which are really kind of weird things. Um, I spoke with Eliza, who's a reporter that works for the New Yorker. And she's writing a book about the newest revolutionary iteration of Christ followers um, in America. And she's been hanging out with us as a church to learn more about us and what we're doing. Um, I met her yesterday, and she, we were talking about our cell groups. And she asked, well, if cells aren't an affinity group, what keeps people together? And my automatic response was, well, I guess location. Like if it's close to people's houses, that tends to be the cell that they choose. Um, but then I had to be more honest with myself and with Eliza, and I said, well, I honestly think that it's Jesus that keeps us together. I said, my cell really doesn't quite make sense. I have two people in my cell that are from Kansas, and they're knocking on their 70s. I'm a black woman from Delaware by way of Philly, along with a queer black woman and another black woman from Texas. We have two white guys in my cell and a white lady from the West Coast. What the expletive that I won't say up here could make us want to hang out with each other every week other than the power of Christ Jesus. She burst into laughter. And I laughed too, but I felt obliged to laugh because I was serious. But since she laughed, I felt like I needed to laugh too. Um, but this thing that we do together every week, practically speaking, really makes no sense. It is Jesus' love and having the space to deeply feel that love that knits us all together. A communion is also a brave space. We hear a lot of talk about safe spaces lately, but quite frankly, no one can guarantee you a safe space. You may feel uncomfortable, you may feel alienated or even triggered, and that's totally okay. Okay. Being in community centered around Jesus with other people takes a lot of bravery. And we experienced that bravery at yesterday's love feast. Love feasts are a thing that we do here at Circle of Hope when people say that they want to commit to um, following Jesus with us. We celebrate them by having a dinner together and getting to know them better and welcoming them in um, to our body. So we, ex- we had one yesterday and we experienced that. I marveled at our friends' ability to share their really deep and vulnerable stories of Jesus following and commitment with all of us. But mainly, they shared those really vulnerable stories with a lot of people that they don't even know. Knowing that God is with us in our communion here is really brave. And lastly, a communion is intentional. Intentionality in community is really a spiritual discipline. Intentionally setting aside the time to attend a cell. Intentionally setting aside the time to check in with others that you may not have seen in a while. Intentionally thinking about the world outside of our bubbles, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our city. Um, And intentionally thinking about ways to be compassionate towards others like the compassionate work of our compassion teams, such as Solidarity Beyond Borders or Circle Peacemakers, falls right in line with that greater community and and into that elevated level of communion. We are way more than a community because of Christ Jesus. We are living every day in communion because of our willingness to be transformed like and by Jesus. I encourage you to keep living into that transformative power and love and communion with one another. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop down at circleofhope.net.